Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential for fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. I'm here today with uh, my producer, Brendan. Hey Brendan, how you doing? Good, Pete. Pete, how are we doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, just took a little power nap. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty tired. I'm sure it's much needed now with the baby. It is. Yeah. little power nap, but now we've got... A little bit of coffee, a little shake in front of me. Okay, yeah, so today, today we're talking about uh, programming, probably my, my favorite thing to talk about. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what what I think the difference between Pharos is in other gyms and, and why Pharos has been successful. And I think a lot of that comes down to the programming. It was something that from the start we were very conscientious about, um, very purposeful with, uh, and we wanted to make it very clear you know what what our what our programs do um, and what they are for. Jeff, you know, came from this 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 cross, CrossFit background. You know, I I'd had certainly done my fair share of CrossFit, um, as had my wife Emily, um, and I think there's always been kind of this weird misunderstanding of what that type of training does. You know, I think for the longest time it was like, well, a guy shows up to the gym is like, I want to put on some muscle. What should I do? And I said, well, do CrossFit. And then there's like, same person turns up and says, well, I want to, I want to lose some some weight. What should I do? And it's like, well, do CrossFit. And it's like, that is true to a degree. Like at a certain, if if the bar is low enough, like everything will work because you know your your bar is so low. But at a certain point, you can't just do that type of training and expect to keep making gains at a certain point you have to kind of specify and have more purpose with that programming agreed you know, i mean to, as an athlete who's been in and out of gyms you know his whole life like i can totally agree to that it's right. you know and coming to see you guys and your guys gym i mean the you know the diversity in the uh you know the amount of classes and just the quality or the the types of classes you have is just so wide-ranging you guys do a right. good job of pulling it off yeah i mean in the beginning it started very it was very small so basically we divided like crossfit type training into two primary programs which were build and train and it was understood from the outset that build would have a, a strength emphasis a strength and hypertrophy emphasis and train would have a more of a cardiovascular emphasis so it was kind of dividing up the you know the different elements of of, of the sport like crossfit and saying well truthfully if, if if your only goal right now is to gain lean muscle tissue then you're better off having your bias in the build area if your goal right now is to simply just lose weight and be a better conditioned athlete and lose more body fat, um, then it would be in your interest to have more of a trained bias. You know, and with this whole thing with programming, it's not like you have to do all of one and none of the other. It's, it's, it's we're emphasizing a bias here. Um, and it's just being very clear to people like what this type of training does. Um, and again, I think, I think that is, that is very important to be, to, to not tell someone that, that one thing does everything because it doesn't, you know, if you want to be, if you want specific results, you have to have a specific type of training. Um, so we started with those two programs um, and with the repair that Emily special specializes in, which is the, you know, the physical therapy uh, mobility kind of work, you know, those were our three flagship programs and everything else grew out of there because as demand came in, you know, like, okay, if people want to get better at running, we better have a sprint class. If people want to get, uh, better at gymnastics then we better have a fly class like so right. everything was very specifically channeled to what people wanted right. um 
and then we found that you know if we if we found the the best coaches to do it and if we we, we if we um developed the the um if we if we emphasize enough to them that it's very important that these 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 sessions are, are programmed and delivered uh, very very well and very systematically then we were able to really deliver on our promise of this this purposeful kind of training mm-hmm. um so you know that's that's Faros and that's that's why Faros you know it exists in the way that it does just so we can you know deliver on our on our promise of purposeful yeah. training um and then i kind of wrote down three things here uh, when it comes to programming um you know why why programming is different for different people um and i just wrote down programming for sport programming for physique and programming for health slash life because they are they are three different things and you were programmed in different ways for those different kind of concepts as much as you want to keep it simple and say oh you just got to do x you just got to do y and z you're coming with different people with different body types different things they're doing on their own and you kind of got to tailor something goals yes you know um have you seen that uh, West Side versus the World documentary? The West Side Barbell one? No, no. What's that, what's that <laughs> it's on about? It's pretty awesome. Um, so it's all about West Side Barbell, you know, probably the most famous um, powerlifting gym in the world. Okay. In Ohio. And, um, you know, that that's kind of me. I was watching and thinking, this is the, you know, the archetypal programming for sport. Th- those guys are willing to kind of die for their sport to get yeah. better at powerlifting. There's a, there's a great scene with uh, AJ Roberts and he's saying like, in order to get better... I had to get to 350 pounds. I wasn't willing to get to 350 pounds without like, you know, I was basically going to die if I got to 350 pounds. I'm having sleep apnea. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just saying like, you know, at the extreme levels of sport, people will go to, you know, extreme places to, to get better. Yeah, um, playing ball. I mean, you do whatever it takes to get there. The exactly. body types that you have to develop you know, the stress to put yourself through. It's, exactly. It's so obviously it. that's a different kind of uh, programming and a different kind of emphasis from someone who's just trying to get you know, generally yeah. fit. Um, and then the second category is, is programming for physique. Uh, and obviously there are, there are subcategories within this. There's obviously an extreme level of physique, which is the competitive physique, or there's someone who just wants to look good naked. Uh, and that's a, again, <laughs> pretty simple, pretty simple, but that's, you know, again, that's a different kind of programming from the top one. And then the bottom one is programming for health slash life, which is more of a general GPP type program. And obviously there's crossovers between the three, uh, but programming for sport, programming for physique and programming for health slash life uh, are kind of three primary categories that you can kind of think about programming for. Um, and it all depends like where you set your priorities and what, what you are willing to do to, to get to where you want to go. Um, so if you break them down, um, the first one, if you're, if you're programming for a sport, like if you're programming for an athlete and if they want to get better at their sport and compete in that sport, then there's going to be a greater degree of specificity in the programming. Um, you know, at a certain phase in the program, there can be more of a general approach, but you're going to find pretty quickly that you're going to have to start getting specifically good at certain things. You're also going to have to have a much higher volume uh, of training to, to cover the, the basis and in in, in what you're trying to get good at. You know, if you look at, you know, CrossFit as a sport, you know, the amount of volume they have to cover is, is so vast because there are so many disciplines you have to be good at. There's only so many, mm. you know, there's only so many hours in the day. So of course, volume stacks up pretty quickly. You know, of course, is that good for you in terms of health? Probably not. Is that necessary for the sport? Yes. So, yeah. you know, again, that's where the division is. 
um, the demand, the demand of training is obviously very high because in order to get good at a sport at that level, the the, the demand, the pressure, the stress is going to be is going to be high. Um, and again, that's not something someone who's trying to just be generally fit needs to be so worried about. Uh, the next one is risk. Um, training for a sport, you know, has a risk to it. If you're training, you know, competitively, uh, competitively at a high level, no matter how much warm up, cool down, uh, recovery practice, all that kind of stuff you do, at a certain point there is an element of risk because you are risking your body in order to perform mm-hmm. at a very high level. You know, whether that is you know Olympic lifting or, or playing soccer or playing rugby or playing American football, whatever it is, there is inherent risk with those sports. Um, next is an interesting one, which is selfishness. Like you have to be selfish if you're going to be good at a sport or if you're going to be a professional athlete. Um, and that includes being selfish with your family, being selfish with your friends, with your time, all that kind of stuff, because you are going to have to spend a lot of time uh, practicing uh, and training for your sport. You know, it comes with a sacrifice and that yeah. sacrifice often is spending time uh, with loved ones, not going out on meals, restaurants, not oh, going yeah. to parties, a lot of all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Um, the third one is, uh, the next one, sorry, is, um, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of recovery practices, you know, Mobility work, maybe ice baths, maybe hot cold therapy, you know, sports massage, you know, whatever it is, you're going to have to spend a lot of time in that area in order to keep being competitive at at your sport. I think there's a lot of practice just finding out what therapy or recovery works works best for you. Right. Because there's just so many out there and so many we're just, you know, it's still new information and still a new field that we're trying to to map out what works best for each individual. And then, of course, the nutrition in this area, the nutrition for performance is going to be very different from the, the nutrition for the general population uh, and different from the general, uh, the, the nutrition for physique. Is that going to be um, like massive protein for, you know, for well protein, but also glycogen, like for a lot of, you know, for a lot of athletes who have a high glycolytic demand, like a lot of their sport is, it requires, you know, carbohydrate to perform. Obviously their, their carbohydrate is going to be a lot higher um, to support the, the training volume. So if someone's training, you know, three times a day, you know, you can't expect to survive on a 2000 calorie diet with 150 grams of carbohydrates. Like Mm. it's just, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, you you have to eat relative to the work that you do and, you know, to compete in any, any sport on a high level, you know, chances are, you know, the the calories and the macronutrients are going to be a lot higher, Um, which is why people often, again, when they the average person tries to copy the diet of the, the professional athlete and it always ends <laughs> it always ends very badly. I'll pretend I'll even try and do a 3,000 or 3,500 count, but I'm, I'm not right. putting the output out that I did once I was at a college professional level. Like, So even like if I go to the gym for two to three hours, it's, it's just not going to equate to right. trying to put that 3,000, 3,500 calorie diet in. It, just, it never works. Never does. Yeah, so that's all, all these things together you know, are what's required to, to, to program um, for someone who is interested in being very good at a sport or an athlete at a high level. <clears throat> if we drop that down a level, I mean, it's not really dropping down, it's kind of segueing across into programming for physique. You know, if, if I just want to look good naked or if I'm if I'm getting on a stage for a competition to, um, to reveal my body, as it were, um, 
you know, it's less about performance. So I'm not, I'm no longer thinking about I'm going to perform so much at a high level. Of course, if you're on stage, there's, there's a posing element mm-hmm. to it. So there is a performance, you know, thing there. But it's it's different from, you know, a, a sporting kind of performance. So obviously in this area, there's there's going to be, you know, potentially a lot more kind of time under tension, a lot more kind of uh, hypertrophy uh, kind of uh, emphasis, um, more sp- more specificity in that in that kind of field i'm trying to build muscle um as opposed to i'm trying to do this workout quicker um again this is something we 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 run into all the time at the gym you know the difference between a program like compete and a program like build for the most part you know compete has a more crossfit element in that it is you know you are working through these different skills for a time um and often the goal is efficiency over time under tension, uh, which is the opposite of the, the build program, which is often we're trying to create time under tension mm-hmm. and reduce efficiency to increase stress um, and allow the muscles to, to, to grow, um, put the muscles into to under stress in order for them to adapt and grow. Um, so the, there's a difference there uh, that needs to be you know understood. Um, so when I'm training for this kind of more of a, a body, more of a physique kind of goal, you know, my training is gonna is gonna change drastically from the from the top one. It's a different kind of a different kind of sport, a different kind of training, um, and a different kind of programming is required, uh, and obviously different kind of nutrition. We just talk about uh, we just spoke about carbohydrates, glycogen, um, and you know, for physique again, it depends. Um, it depends on you know what phase of the training you're in and how close to competition you are, um, but chances are that the the the, uh, the glycogen manipulation is going to be very different from if you're performing in a sport. And for everybody, the glycogen is going to be coming from carbohydrates primarily, or are those going to come from certain carbohydrates? Well, to- certain carbohydrates, but also like you know, as you get closer to an event, likely you're going to taper down your glycogen, and the glycolytic need is going to be lower you know toward the competition because you're going to be cycling down to strip the fat basically okay so i because i'm not so concerned with performance you know in those last two weeks before a you know a stage or you know a photo shoot or whatever it is you know you're not really worried about how well you perform you're worried about how you look so you can afford to drop those those carbs right down um and focus more on your, you know. What are we talking? Just like fish and uh, rice, or you know, we're just talking. Yeah, about, I mean, not you're, even you're, at that point. Yeah. What's well, so what's a plate look like? If we're like stripping down the glycogen on there, it's just going to be like a. Well, like, you're you're going to reduce the the grams per day of, of glycogen. Okay. So you you might be you know. You might start you know your 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 cycle at you know three hundred grams carbohydrate a day if you're a, if you're a, maybe more four hundred grams a day if you're a, you know if you're a big enough guy. Or a big enough girl, and then um, as you get towards the competition, last couple of weeks of competition, you know you might, you might be dropping those carbs right down to you know 150 grams, 100 grams, whatever it is okay. for competition. So it's, it's it's just a strategic reduction in carbohydrates in order to look your optimal self, as as opposed to performing optimally. Gotcha. Does that gotcha. make sense? Yeah, yeah, the output rather than you know the output in terms of like performance. You yeah, know, like hey, I need to perform at a certain level. This I just need to make sure. It look looks damn nice. good. Yeah. Yeah. It shines, um, it sparkles, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, and and actually, you know, we, we have this in our in our limitless challenge that we're running right now. Like, you know, you ask people what their goals are and what what, what motivates them the most. And if what motivates them the most is performance, 
then chances are we're gonna we're gonna allow the more glycogen in their diet and we're gonna keep the fats a little lower. If their only goal is to look better naked, we're probably gonna reduce their carbohydrates and probably up their fats. Protein's always gonna be you know mm. the same, um, but it all depends on what that person's goals are and what 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 motivates them the most and what what makes them the happiest. Where yeah. you know what what gets them out of bed in the morning? And think yes, I can't wait to do this today. If it's performance and performing at a high level, then chances are you're going to include more glycogen. If it's, I just don't, I don't care. I just want to look great naked. And it's like, okay, and let's cut down the, the carbs and, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with mm. that. It just depends on what, like I said, what motivates you and what interests you and what, what gets you out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm uh, 42, well, I'm almost 42 in March. Um, obviously, I'm a dad now. And... Um, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I certainly still enjoy the performance element of working out. I still do a couple of competes a week. Um, but I spend most of my time in that kind of build category because I kind of just want to look hot for my wife. <laughs> Don't want to leave me for a, for a younger man, you know. So, you know, it, you just have to be very clear about, you know, what does what and, and what your priorities are and, you know, what you want to, how you want to how you want to look and how you want to feel no completely um, it's it's trying to figure out even you know when you can't can't perform or you're not competing or you're not training for something it's like what can i do on a daily basis in the gym is that going to be to look good and then at the same time i want to be able to dunk a basketball right you exactly know, i gotta yeah. be doing my legs i be doing some plyometrics yeah, and i gotta exactly. be cycling well, that in I've, some- I've gone both ways i've i've like i've i've done times cycles where i've just done build and, and not done any kind of like more performance-based stuff and i just felt kind of sluggish and heavy and i felt very non-athletic which i don't like uh, and i've done times when i've done too much the other way and not really seen the the aesthetic that i like so i have to find that balance for myself between the disciplines in order to look the way i want to look and feel the way that i want to feel and i think most people at pharos you know they have there's such a broad fitness platter as it were it's like it's finding the the optimal you know selection of, of classes that uh, and training that that fits with what they want um how they want to feel how they want to look and it's different for everybody completely you, know? you guys crush it with the, the by having the platter that someone can jump in yeah. from class to class and do what they need to do or want to do and it's like oh i'm hitting that need today or i'm covering that thing because yeah. again not everybody's training for the competition or the yeah. look but if they have the platter there they're able to give the body, I'd imagine, some rest here, some rest right. here, or not hitting and draining themselves. And often, and often, the, and often, the, the the problem is there's there's often a problem between what people enjoy and what people say that they want. And I'll give you an example. So I have a lot of guys in the gym that love that CrossFit feeling of just like that hurt that that like that stress that really pushing their bodies as far as they can push it and cause themselves a lot of like guilty i'm on the floor i'm dying i can't i can't breathe kind of feeling because it's it's addictive that pain is addictive but then they come up and say to me i want to look more muscular i want to look better like but i don't want to stop doing this it's like at a certain point some of this is going to have to go away like you can't keep doing this to your body and expect to grow it just doesn't work that Mm. way um so you're to a certain degree you have to give up the things you you know enjoy in quote marks uh, and start focusing on the things that are actually going to make you in line with your goals mm-hmm. um so that may be okay you need to cut down on crossfit type stuff 
you need to focus more on bodybuilding type stuff and you need to change your nutritional habits because you told me that you wanted this and if you're telling me you want this then this is what you need to do how, how, are you and able to level do people it. do people get it some they get it whether they're willing to do it is another thing because you know th- things are addictive we, we find things that we like that we enjoy like i said the things that, things that get us out of bed in the morning um and uh, after a certain amount of time it's kind of, it's kind of becomes how you define yourself you know i'm the person that does this and you go along with that for for a long period of time but then like i said sometimes your goals change so you have to kind of redefine yourself well i'm no longer the person that does this i am the person that does this and now you're going into a territory you you, you don't know so well so now you, have, you you're almost like starting again it's like well now i'm i'm redefining my purpose i'm redefining my body i'm redefining my workout because I'm trying to create a different a different stress because I have a different goal, um, and for some people that's that's actually very challenging because they've they've become very comfortable with who they are and what they do, and now you know you're asking them to change. You know, it's saying I don't want you to do this anymore. I need you to do this, and it's a, it's a, it can be a very kind of daunting and 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 you know upsetting is probably a, a strong too strong a word, but you know. Um, it's certainly a challenging change that people have to that people have to go through, because um, it, like I said, everything is very specific, and and you have to, if you want a specific result, you have to train specifically for it, mm. um, which kind of then segues segues me into um, the last category, kind of pro- programming for for health slash life, um, which now falls into more of a you know GPP kind of area, uh, general physical um, performance. Because in, in this area, when I'm just thinking more about, you know, I just want to stay healthy. I just want longevity. Um, I don't, I'm not so worried about, you know, gaining muscle. I'm not so worried about, you know, being a great athlete. I just want to like, you know, feel good, look good, all that kind of stuff. And this really gives you freedom. So at this point, you're really like, okay, I've got my seven days in a week. I'm going to spend a couple of days in the strength category, a couple of days in the conditioning category, a couple of days in the recovery category. Mm. And then I'm kind of like in that GPP, general physical preparedness kind of area. Um, and th- this for a lot of people, um, you know, is is enough. Like um, the person who comes in the gym, and we have, a, we have a ton of these, you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old people who, you know, they... they their, their goal right now is to live a long and healthy life um, and they, they, they're in to keep their heart healthy, they're in to keep their joints healthy, their lungs healthy. Um, they want to just, you know, wake up every day, do some fitness in quote marks and, and feel good about themselves. Um, and when you're in that category, you know, like I said, you have, you have a little bit more, little bit more freedom. You, you want a healthy heart and a healthy mind. So you're, you're just dipping into these different programs um, and, and kind of mixing it up without worrying too much about, you know, extreme performance or the best body in the world. Mm-hmm. You're just, you know, you're just in there to, to, to stay healthy. So, you know, obviously there's kind of like a, when it comes to stress, like the, the first category we talk about pro- programming for sport, you know, has the most stress because it has the most, you know, the, the, the most elements to it. Uh, and then the, the physique one, um, you know, I don't know whether it's a category down or just a category across, but it's a different kind of stress. Um, 
and then the last one has has the, the least because again it's more of a you know it's more of a wellness lifestyle type mm-hmm. programming um so yeah that they're, they're, they're the, the three kind of categories of programming that, that i like to kind of like think about and, and kind of define to people um and then you know we mentioned this word multiplicity a lot um because that's kind of what we what we are at Varus is we are we are a facility that has you know a hybrid style programming you can do as much of whatever you want as as you like yeah i learned the word from you guys i use it all yeah. the time now and i'm going in and training it's oh multiplicity get check out the show Varus. Is- right yeah you guys got because what it that. allows is it you know a gpp with a bias because at a certain point having a good level of gpp and what i mean by that is like you are generally good at everything I'm, I'm generally strong. I, I generally have good cardiovascular ability and I'm generally mobile. Um, that that base is good for everything. And then from there, you kind of like start start adding in your biases. Mm-hmm. My bias is I want to get more muscular, so I'm going to be biased towards build. My bias is I want to get better at sprinting and running, so my bias is towards the sprint program. Like it, it just, it's just you, you add in your biases. <clears throat> you know, once you establish that, that base and you know, the, the, the multiplicity we have at Faris like allows people to do that. And I, I love that. Um, it's just, a you know, it's just a great way to be able to, 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 to plan long-term for the way that you want to, um, live your fitness life. Because as we always say, like everything works at nothing, but nothing works forever. You will get, you will inevitably get bored of one thing. You will inevitably want to try something new, to learn, to grow, to practice new things, to evolve, you know. So you have to kind of have have variability in your in your in your in your training lifestyle at some yeah. point. Um, and kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about because this kind of came up recently um, was the ectomorph, uh, mesomorph, endomorph, um, you know, thing. <laughs> um, do, you, do you know what these are? No, no. What what do we got? Okay. So when I talk about body types, um, and I have people that, that, that come into the gym and they're all different body types, uh, an ectomorph is going to be kind of tall and skinny. Um, that's how they've always been. Uh, they struggle to gain weight. They struggle to put on muscle. Uh, they generally have a high metabolism. Um, and, you know, you, you have to, and we'll get into this in a second, but you have to, you know, program very specifically for this person if they, if they want to if they want to grow um, and then you have a mesomorph a mesomorph has always been kind of naturally muscular find it easy to gain uh, muscle pretty athletic usually um, usually kind of broad-chested um, like I said they their response to training happens pretty quickly it's a lot easier for those kind of people to to, to, to change their body uh, that they're, they're the kind of people that annoy everybody um, I think I'm probably in that category. Um, that the bodies respond very well to training, and then the last category is an endomorph who've always kind of been on the heavy set side, so tend to have broader hips, tend to have broader shoulders, tend to to easily store fat. They can also have a lot of muscle, but the likelihood is they 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 st- store fat fairly easily. They they gain weight fairly easily. So ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph, and then you kind of have you know, subcategories within there. So mm. people can be somewhere between an ectomorph and a mesomorph. They can be somewhere between a mesomorph and an endomorph. You know, it's, it's, it's not like a, you're definitely this person, you're definitely that person, you're definitely this person. It's kind of like the, the, the lines are blurred at a certain point. But you do need to ask yourself, 
you know, in general terms, what body type am I and what kind of training do I need to do relative to my body type to achieve my goals? Mm -hmm. So if we go back to the programming uh, and the nutritional side of things, like an ectomorph, you know, in order for them to, to grow, um, if that is their goal, uh, then they're going to need a lot more calories and a lot more hypertrophy type training, um, you know, probably in that, that lower rep range, that, 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 that kind of six to 12 rep range, maybe even six to 10 rep range. Um, because they need the, they need the big compound hormone boosting lifts, like the big squats, the big deadlifts, the big bench press, um, combine that with, with a lot of calories and a lot of protein, you know, that's what they really need to grow. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's really with, with the ectomorph, it's, it's, it's putting the emphasis back on big lifts, and big calories. Yeah. That's as simple as I can. I, well, can I don't think people realize when they do those like heavy compound, you know, exercises, like you're talking about the bench, the deep squats, like those are hormone, yeah, those, re- yeah. hormone releasing exercises. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You need those big, those big hormonal testosterone releasing growth hormone type exercises. Mm. Um, in the middle category, the mesomorph, if you are a mesomorph, you're, you're kind of lucky. Um, pretty much whatever you do works. So you can be a little more fle- flexible with your rep ranges and your set ranges and your, you know, your programming. Um, you'll find it fairly easy to put on muscle. Um, calories will kind of be in that 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 mid range, um, and you know, um, like I said before, you you probably have a decent athletic background. It's already come natural to you. Um, you probably um, you probably move pretty well. Um, have a good deal of strength. Um, you pick up things relatively quickly um i also find like neuromuscularly they tend to be pretty pretty engaged they're pretty in tune with their bodies um and yeah you're, you're just in that good space where you can be kind of flexible yeah uh then endomorphs um like i said endomorphs tend to to store store fat more easily so they need to be a little more careful with their with their nutrition and their calories um, and their training should be more in that kind of like higher rep range if they're trying to like, you know, lose some excess fat. So if we think of them, them kind of the opposite spectrum to the ectomorphs, if the ectomorphs are lifting like, you know, yeah, we're going big heavy low, lifts, we're kind of going that higher rep range of like high sets, 12 low reps, like five by fives, more. but you're talking for these 12, 15, yeah, yeah. the higher rep ranges to, to try and, um, to try and trim down. Now, this is this is under the assumption, of course, that we're looking to improve body composition. You know, obviously, if these if these endomorphs are powerlifters, then you're definitely not doing high sets of low reps. Yeah. You're still doing your 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 big lifts. This is only if if the goal is is body composition. Um, we're talking about you know again we're kind of in that middle category of, of programming for physique and improving body composition. Um, and and yeah, an endomorph. If they if they do want to trim down, and lose that fat, they get, they should be thinking about those those higher rep ranges and doing a good amount of kind of like cardiovascular work, that, that high intensity cardiovascular work. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, like I said, there are there are subcategories, and people can kind of like be be betwixt and in between these things. But in general terms, you know, that's a good kind of kind of base to go up. Okay, what do you think you are? Uh, I think I'm that middle one, but I remember being going to college and I was 130 pounds and I had to play against these 200 pound point guards in college. And I'm, you know, 19 years old and 130 pounds of my wet. It's like, okay, 
just ground beef and rice, hitting the gym, lifting heavy, lifting heavy, high rep, and then I put on 30, 35 pounds. Right. Well, right you're, then, you're, yeah. you're actually an ectomorph. Which one is that? The, 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 you, were, you were naturally a thin, yeah. thinner guy, and you had to like really like eat and lift heavy to, to gain muscle. Once I right? got to it, but now I feel like I'm yeah. in the middle where it's like right. I can control myself. It's like, right. Uh, do I want to bulk this? But so you I, you started as an ectomorph and you evolved into a mesomorph. Yeah, just, so actually, you're probably you're so, you're probably somewhere between. Yeah, yeah, you're between an ecto and a, and a meso. Um, but it's it's an interesting thing, and it's it's often something that is overlooked. You know, and again, it goes back to like people trying to copy other people's programs, um, when that person is a completely different person to them. I mean, again, a classic example is, you know, I think a lot of women look at some of the, the 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 top crossfit athletes who are you know who are very muscular and have a good deal of size um and let's say they're 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 100 and, uh, the, the woman in front of me is 140 pounds and they're looking at these you know 180 pound like big um athletes and they're worried about turning into them and it's just like this is never going to happen. Like, <laughs> do not worry. Like, you're. I don't body, want muscle. I don't yeah, want to look yeah. like that. Like, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's you know, you are a different body type. You're coming in from a very different place. Your volume is so much lower. There is no way that you're gonna, you know, develop into. It's gonna take a long time. Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, yeah, it just it's not gonna. Work. But that said, you know, if I if I have an endomorph in front of me, and she tells me I just want to I just want to lose some weight and I just want to improve my body composition. Me having to do heavy power cleans, heavy snatches, and heavy deadlifts is on me. That's that's a bad decision. Yes. If I have an endomorph in front of me, and all she wants to do is 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 trim down, lose weight, you know, you have to program relative to the goal. So, programming the big heavy lifts for someone that's trying to lose weight that is an endomorph, you know, that's just that's just bad programming. Mm-hmm. So, again, you you have to you know all these things come into play when programming. You know what what's the body type of this person what are their goals what's their training history what's their lifestyle and what motivates them you know all these things have to come into play to really come up with the the the, the perfect program so you know at Faros we, we have the game plan where we, we sit down with people at the beginning of their of their kind of training with us and it's like okay let's really plan out your training week your your, your training months your training year you know, how does it look and you you base that game plan on these on these elements, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is, is is psychological. It's not just just physical. It's like you have to take into consideration, you know, where this person is coming from. The, the whole argument of you have to meet people where they're at. You have to meet people where they're at. You can't you know you can't impose upon them too much. You can't impose upon them too little. You have to you have to program the right thing for them at the right time to get them where they need to go right yeah, now. Because there's discipline you have to instill in there, and it's like, how do right. I not overimpose? Not overimpose. And step yeah, on toes, but say, in it, I know where you're at, and I understand. End. But then you maybe never have been there, so I mean, it's it's really interesting that you know there are that many trainers and there's that many gyms, you know, like just all around. But you know, like we talked about in the early episodes, like what makes a good trainer? You know, what right. what how do you really know and understand? Right. where the person's coming from to yeah. build something for him. Yeah, it's it's really it really is that and it's really caring about people. Um we have such a great staff now for us and I'm so proud of them because we're we're in this limitless challenge right now um and this is the first time that we've really brought in all our coaches and gave them, you know, the teams put them in control and said, you know, you guys are ready for this. 
you're going to take control of your teams you're going to program for them you're going to do their macronutrients you're going to do their calories uh, and you're going to guide them through this process and just to see how committed they are how much time they're spending with their clients um you know just how much care they're taking in the in the in the development and growth of their clients is you know it's been so rewarding to see um and that's that's what you hope for you you hope for people you hope to develop people that genuinely care about their clients and about you know what they do on a daily basis how they project themselves how they behave you know how they treat people how they speak to people you know speak how how you communicate with your your clients is a huge thing like I can easily say something that's going to upset them and send them the other way. Or I can easily say something that's going to bring them back in. Like, and it, listen, none of us are perfect. I've, I've said the wrong thing at the wrong time, like many times. It, it's, it's by no means an easy thing to do. But you have to find a language and you have to find a way of communicating that's going to keep them where they need to be. Completely. And, and help them improve. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's it for today. I hope there was some useful information in there. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, um, you can hit us up on Instagram at Faros Echo Park, or you can find me at Peter Bodden on Instagram. Um, and please come by and see us. We have a, a brand new uh, gym called The Base. It's a new open gym. Um, it's in the same location, 1316 Glendale Boulevard. It's a beautiful new uh, space that we've designed specifically for the open gym. Um, it's included in our uh, Limitless membership. Uh, so if you're a Limitless member of the gym, you can use the base uh, to accessorize in. Uh, we have everything in there. We have Arsenal strength equipment. We have technology and conditioning equipment. We have powerlifting racks. We have uh, deadlift platforms. We have a dumbbell room. Slide push. It's great in there, man. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's a great beautiful. So, so please come by and see it. Um, and apart from that guys uh, we will see you next time uh, please uh, if you can like this podcast share it with your friends and uh, we'll catch you next time thanks Brennan alright cheers guys